Hello, and welcome to the Updown Podcast, where I'm your host, Courtney Bradley. The Updown is a place where business owners can learn to create kick-ass workspaces where their people and their company thrive. So hello, Tom. Welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Courtney. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So I've got a little bit about you, that you are president of the Employee Engagement Institute and chief solution designer. That's correct. That's correct. And it looks here in 1993, Tom established himself as a pioneer in the employee engagement movement with his groundbreaking book, Compensation and Motivation. You want to tell us a little bit about that book? Um, Yeah, I I originally started my career as a time and motion productivity engineer and uh, working with supervisors on the floor. um, It soon became apparent that the employees needed to be engaged to to, uh, achieve sustainable improvement. We had a process that took the waste out of of the process of of production, but it really didn't do anything to engage the employees. And uh, I was standing on the floor of a paper mill one night with a supervisor and he said, Tom, we like your process. We're gonna implement all the recommendations. We understand that we're going to be able to reduce costs and increase uh, processing time, but he pointed to the employees out on the field, on on the floor, and he said, "What's in it for them?" And and so that we weren't really addressing the people side of the business, and so that was kind of the turning point in my career. Um, and after uh, several years working up in in from the employee side of it. Uh, I found that a real way to start and gain traction on this employee engagement approach was be to link compensation to performance improvement. And so I started uh, developing incentive pay plans and performance scorecards. And in 1993, back then nobody was talking about incentive pay for the traditional workforce. It was just for the sales force. So in 93, I had enough material to legitimize the concept and I wrote a book called Compensation and Motivation. It was published by the American Management Association, sold over 12,000 copies, which for a steamer novel is not a lot. <laughs> but for a business book, it's a, it's a lot That's of good. professionals reading it. And uh, it became a textbook at Florida State University in their advanced management practices studies. So I'm... I find it interesting that the gentleman that you were talking to at that point, um, was that 93? Yes. Okay. Well, actually, actually it was earlier. Okay. That 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 person was very forward thinking in recognizing what's in it for the employees. Well, he was a supervisor. And so he was, he had the very tough job of translating management demands into employee performance and the acceptance of those demands. And so he was sensitive to what's going on in their lives and who they are and what their needs and expectations are. And he, he was well aware of the disconnect between labor and management. His job was to smooth that over. Right. So it wasn't really surprising that, that he would look at the employees on the floor and relate to them very closely. That's nice, he cared. He cared about them. Yeah, he did. That's that's awesome. So you developed something called the Applied Employee Engagement System. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, it's a culmination of all the research and work that I've done with clients over the past 
35 or 40 years. Um, and it's based a lot on research done in the field of psychology and the social sciences. And there's uh, eight or nine of those different disciplines that we've pulled information from. Um, and we, we identified the components that need to be present to develop a culture of partnership. That's where we've come down. Uh, after all of this work and experience and, and study and research, we've found that a culture of partnership um, is the best environment for developing engagement. And we've talked about that culture of partnership before. Yes. I like that. Yeah. I, we try to implement that at my company is I try to involve my employees and we're all partners in this thing that we're doing. And um, I think, you know, there's a definitely a case for that. You've, you, you said the right words. We're all partners in this endeavor. Yes, yeah. yes. Without them, um, <laughs> I don't know that I would be very successful. If you can't do it on your own. So it's, uh, it's good to involve everyone. So how do you use feedback and communication to shape like things like culture and productivity and performance? Is that part of the applied employee engagement system? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's essential. The system has, uh, can, like any system, uh, is composed of components. Each component stands on its own, um, but together they create something bigger. Um, feedback is really all about, well, from a behavioral psychology standpoint, behavior is a function of its consequences, and feedback provides you with those consequences. You did this, here's the outcome. Now, do you want to continue to do that? Was it a favorable outcome? Or do you want to change your behavior so that you change the outcome? You can't know any of that without feedback. So feedback is essential. We develop feedback systems, performance scorecards, culture surveys. Um, um, the outcomes of behavior uh, are really the feedback that you want to provide your employees. And then communication is essential because what do partners have that hired hands don't have? They've got a lot of information about the organization and they get that information through feedback and through communication. Right. So you talked about their, did you say eight different components of the engagement system? Um, actually, uh, the yes, there's, uh, for, there's actually 12 components okay. to the engagement system. So when someone comes, when a business comes to you and said, hey, we want to we want to work with you and we want help getting our employees more engaged. How can you walk me through what that looks like? Would you work each component with them? Oh, uh, the first part is an education process. Okay. Uh, to find out what they mean by engagement and uh, how they define their culture. It's really interesting. If you ask um, most people to, to define their culture, how would you define your culture? They usually come up talking about activities or tactics. Um, oh, well, we do this. We, we focus on employees, on customers, and, and uh, um, they start talking about their values, which is important. Right. But they don't really have a definition for what their culture is or looks like. And if you don't have that, you really can't gain a common understanding and, and a group focus. So, so we start with the very basics and the foundation once they understand what culture is, what engagement is, how they're linked together, um, we have a conversation about what they want to be. Mm -hmm. uh, and once we've identified that, 
uh, then we begin to use the components to help them achieve or become what they want to be. So we all focus, we focus on the management practices that create a culture of partnership. Um, and we measure those and we show them where they are along this continuum from hired hands to business partners. Uh, and they select the ones that they want to, the, the low-hanging fruit, the, the management practices that aren't scoring well. Uh, and then we develop tactics or initiatives to, uh, to move those up over time. Probably the, I would say 65 to 70% of my business starts out with developing performance scorecards and incentive pay plans. Okay. Because we want to keep the emphasis focused on business. What's the, what, why are we creating this culture? It, it really isn't to make the employees feel better. It's really to create an environment where everybody's striving towards uh, successfully delivering on the business plan and in, as a result, getting their needs fulfilled. Correct. So we have to understand what the employees' expectations are and we identify and measure those. And then we have to figure out how to use management practices to manage those expectations. Uh, because if you don't manage the employee's expectations, they'll set up their own expectations. <laughs> yes. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> that, does, huh? that does sound very familiar. Everybody yeah. <laughs> comes to work with a certain set of expectations. That's hard to manage all that. <laughs> Absolutely. And so we have to establish the fact that it is a business and there are certain expectations. We have to manage towards those expectations while f helping the employees fulfill them. Right. So... The, the one thing we want to stay away from is unfulfilled expectations. Yes. That, because yes. employees come to work, they have a certain set of expectations. If those expectations aren't fulfilled, it leads to a sense of betrayal. And once you have that, the organization's culture starts to collapse. And disengagement sets in. Absolutely. You've, yeah. yeah. I think we've all experienced that, right? Of course. Of course. I can see it in businesses that I go into. Um, you know, when I'm talking to them to help them with things and I've experienced it myself. Um, yeah. you know, I've, t it's funny that I've been talking to people obviously about this cause I'm getting super passionate about my business, helping people in these areas as well, um, with the products that we provide, but looking back on some of the jobs that I've held in the, you know, organizations I've been with uh -huh. and when I left and thinking now there wasn't, a, there wasn't. I didn't know what it was at the time, but I do now, mm -hmm. you know, it was being disengaged or the culture wasn't a fit for me or, you know, whatever it may have been. But now I understand what it was instead of just, I didn't like it there. Right. Yeah. This doesn't feel good, right. but you're not quite sure why. Exactly. Um, as part of our research um, recently, I signed up, I, I took a job as a an employee on a blue-collar production line processing paper for $13.35 an hour. Mm -hmm. And um, the organization didn't know who I was or what I was doing. There was just job availability. I, <laughs> I applied and was accepted. And I spent two months doing that job, getting a sense of what these people expect and how they're treated. And, you know, people who work at that level they're not stupid. No, absolutely people. not. Yes. They, they might not have a, even a high school degree, 
but they're very intelligent and they can do their job right and they can become committed if you encourage them. Right. And they want to participate and, and be part of something bigger than, than themselves, just like we do. And the takeaway I, I received from, uh, from this experience was two, I identified two foundation components of any culture. Uh, and one is that the work needs to be honored so that it provides dignity. Doesn't matter if you're digging a ditch for $13 an hour or or, uh, moving paper around an office. If the work's not honored, the individual doesn't receive dignity from that. And and that is essential to any human being. I mean, that's just self-evident, right? Right. Um, And so dignity is about honoring the work. And the other aspect is respect. Uh, and respect is about honoring the individual. And if if an organization provides an environment where where an employee can receive dignity and respect, um, they've got a very solid foundation on which to build a long-term relationship. Nice, that's very nice. So, how long would you say the the process when you when you w- start working with an organization um, on these things? Does it just wildly vary depending on the organization? It's kind of I'll let you answer. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, the process itself, the bulk of the work, uh, the heavy lifting mm-hmm. f- to develop a culture of partnership uh, that it, where employees are engaged and focused on the business outcomes, um, that takes nine months to a year okay. yeah. uh, for the organization to get the bulk of the work done. It's a never-ending process. Correct. Um, and the nice thing about creating this cultural partnership is that uh, organizations don't backslide in all these management fads about total quality management and lean six sigma and all of those. Those take a lot of heavy lifting on an ongoing basis to keep maintained mm-hmm. because they're really work on top of the work that the employee has to do. But when you create a culture of partnership, nobody wants that to go away. Right. Everybody voluntarily contributes their effort to that to help maintain and sustain it. Yeah. But from a tactical standpoint, implementing the management practices that develop this environment, um, the first the first year is really the bell curve year where, where you're at the highest and then tails off from that. And it's mostly maintenance and ongoing communication and, and tuning and tweaking as the organization grows and develops. It's a continuous improvement process. Right, absolutely, those things never end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what are some of the most common challenges that you see small businesses, you know, when you go in or you talk to organizations, what, is there a common theme that you see or does it just depend on the organization? What are some of the challenges that they face in terms of engagement? Um, yeah, I meet two types of people, <laughs> people who get it and people who don't. And the people who don't get it they don't even understand what I'm saying when I talk to them. So I've learned not to spend a lot of time there and to spend a lot of time with the people who get it. So the first um, essential ingredient is enlightened leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, the second one is to understand what they're talking about. Because many times they say, you know, I've got this feeling my people aren't, uh, you know, I've got high turnover. 
Um, the the ease of operation isn't there. We're always running. It, we feel clunky in in how we operate. I'm not happy with um, with the profitability of the organization, and I'm putting way too much time and effort into this. Right. And so I want those things to go away. So what does that look like if those are gone? And then that's we start talking about the right kind of culture there. So there's um, an education process. Um, then you need a system to provide continuity mm-hmm. so that people say, okay, if we do this, is it, how, what's it going to look like six months from now, a year from now, um, six years from now? And if you have a system, you can maintain continuity as new people come in. They understand and learn the system. Right. Uh, and you're not, it's not a flavor of the month. Um, and then um, I, encourage, I encourage the leadership to put their money where their mouth is really show the employees that you're sincere about this. And that means developing a performance scorecard and linking it to incentive pay that gets everybody's attention, right? Employees are pretty worn out. They're pretty, um, they've been mistreated a lot for the most part. Uh, and what we're doing is we're changing the terms of employment. We no longer want you to be a hired hand. We want you to be a business partner. Right. And these are all the benefits of doing that or becoming that for you. But the real benefit is, and we mean it, because if you can help us improve the outcomes of our business, we'll share some of the gains of that improvement with you. And that gets their attention. Absolutely. So, S- Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I was just saying. So what I find is that when we launch an incentive pay plan, we've got about 45 seconds um, during which the employees decide either this is a real deal and it is a partnership or that it's just another scam and they turn <laughs> off and you know, no matter what you right. say after they've made right. that they're decision. They're like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, right. So we have an incentive plan at my company. Good for you. And I can't take credit for it because the organization that I worked for before does the same thing. So I learned it from them because I thought that's a valuable thing to have in place and so every person um, that works in our organization gets some sort of incentive um, based on the profitability of a job so you know it can vary and if if then everyone's invested in making sure that everyone things going smoothly and that we get the jobs you know processed and you know through through our pipeline as efficiently as possible and um you know, but I'm curious as to the different types of incentive plans because I know you can. There can be some probably in place that, if you're not, it's it should be. I don't know how I'm trying to say this. Um, you don't want people to get lazy, I guess, and that that yeah, might they, not be the right word, but you don't want them to get complacent. That's a better word. Complacent yes. is one thing. They yes. also try to game the system. And yeah. that's, okay. that's human go. nature, yes. right? Yes. How can I make the most money with this plan? Right. So you have to be careful with that. Um, first and foremost, from a behavioral standpoint, the plan needs to conform to the PIC model. Okay. Which means it needs to be perceived by the recipient as positive, immediate, and certain. Okay. So the, the reward is positive. It's not a peanut. It's a million dollars. Right. Uh, it's immediate. <laughs> I'm not giving anyone a million dollars. No, no. But <laughs> I'm speaking in why. Only because I can't right now, but that's okay. <laughs> now, 
If they could generate 10 for you. Yes, you then might. yes, I would. Absolutely. Okay. Yes, I shouldn't say I won't give them. I will. I'm just, we're not there yet. Right. <laughs> but you will be. Yes, I will be. You are correct. You are correct. Uh, so immediate is, uh, there's that reinforcement, that yes. feedback. They don't have that, to wait a year for it. Right. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's the problem with profit sharing is that yes. it's not necessarily positive because you don't know how much it's going to be. It's right. not necessarily immediate. It's not certain necessarily either. Right. Because there's, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of things in between what I do and the outcomes of the organization that can determine. Well, and also with profit sharing, I feel like, and I'm not saying people do, well, there probably are people out there that do this, um, is that the ownership might game the system at that point. Yeah. 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 And so um, so the, it, that's just a fundamental of any uh, incentive plan design. Then, then you want to use it to create focus. Mm-hmm. Um, focus and understanding about what needs to be done and who needs to do it. So if you have performance metrics, you say our, uh, our, one of our objectives is productivity, just as an example. Well, what do we mean by productivity? So there's an educational process there, common understanding of what that term means, and then an understanding of how I as an individual can affect that metric. So there's, there's that whole focus and understanding. Only after you have, only after you use your metrics to establish those two components, can you ask the employee for their commitment? Right. Uh, because they can give it then um, based on knowledge that they have. Once you have their commitment, then you can develop accountability. Nice. Where you can say, okay, here's where we are. Here's where we need to be. Uh, what's not working right? So you want to create, you want to use the incentive pay to create focus and a common language, a common understanding of what we're supposed to be doing, who's supposed to be doing what, and how well are we performing? Excellent. That's all good stuff. So how do you know when you've successfully developed a culture of engagement and partnership? Are there markers? Oh, yeah. You'll see it when you walk into any organization okay. that has a culture of partnership. Uh, nobody says, that's not my job. Uh-huh. No- huh? <laughs> that's oh, have you heard that before? I have heard that. Not in my organization, but yeah. I have heard that before. I've right. seen it. I, I see it in in maybe vendor partners that we work with or something like that. So I've seen, seen those things. Sure. Um, uh, so nobody says uh, the complaint department is down the hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody says, how can I help you? And oh, yes, I'll take care of that. That's a great phrase. You want everybody in your organization to say, oh, I'll take care of that. That's nice. And, and, and make it happen. From a metric standpoint, we have a survey where we measure uh, the 12 management practices that we've identified that, that develop a culture of partnership. And uh, we measure them on a continuum of um, zero to 100, 100 being a, a complete par- car- partnership culture and zero being maybe a culture of hired hands mm-hmm. or people who just stand there waiting to be told what to do. Because what you really want is people focused on outcomes. Right. That's what you want them looking at. That's what you want them talking about. It really, when you develop this this culture, you change the conversation in the organization. It's no longer uh, about what did you do last weekend and what are your plans for tonight, but it's all about the business objectives and how we're moving and performing towards those. When you change the conversation, you change the reality because reality consists of only three things. It consists of the hardware around you, which you, of course, right. are very well versed in. 
Um, it consists of the conversations that we have with each other, and it consists with the co- of the conversations that we have with ourselves. And so from our perspective, we work on the conversations that we have with others and the conversations that we have with ourselves, and you work on the physical environment. That is correct. So <laughs> as, as together, we provide the full package of how to transform reality into what it is from from what it is into what you want it to be right i love how you said people are then focused on the outcome that's awesome um okay so we've gotten to the part you know the podcast is called the up down and it's part part of it's about the ups and downs of business and entrepreneurship and all the fun that's in that so i always like to ask my guests give us an example of one up in your business uh when things were good you got a big win something like that and then also one down we've all had challenges or you know failures or you know things that didn't go quite like we wanted them to um so can you give us an example of each please sure well well uh, as a consultant i could, i'd like to say that we don't have a down but <laughs> you know you're right everybody right. has one. right i'll tell you the biggest up was the first time we implemented the full employee engagement system. That's awesome. Uh, it was with the Federal Home Loan Bank in Topeka, and it was an astounding success. The, the uh, CEO and president was a strong advocate and believer in this, and the rest of the organization, because of his enthusiasm and his participation and his visible commitment on an ongoing basis, the rest of the organization picked it up and ran with it, and they allocated... Uh, resources to it. Uh, They had their internal communications person dedicated to promoting and communicating uh, all the aspects of this culture of engagement. They set up a newsletter, they had blogs and posts, and and, uh, um, they had metrics and reward systems, and they had the complete system, and it was just spectacular. It took us about between nine months and a year to really get the whole thing up right. and running and all. but uh, uh, they were they were and continue to be uh, a culture of partnership yes they, yes I even see that I, I've known about them so yeah they went all in and, and you can see a, a good video of them talking about it on our website nice and the down was um, with a family-run organization where the leadership didn't have the commitment to right. it. They were interested in it. They wanted to try it. They uh, launched it, and then they lost interest in it. And it was really difficult to keep the organization from just coming apart right. because of the sense of, of um, betrayal that the employees felt. They, the management had set a set of expectations uh, and then failed to follow through with it. Right. And but, that's but in a one sense, of the worst things you could do. Oh, yeah. absolutely. But in a sense, uh, the employees were used to it. They were, in effect, numb. Right. Um, because this had been the way the leadership ran the business um, as long as they'd known it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, we're coming up on the end of our time, and I feel like I could sit here and talk to you all day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Tom McCoy, thank you so much that's for been my joining. pleasure. I really enjoyed our conversation. Yes, absolutely. So did you like today's topic? Like, share, and subscribe. If you know of a business that is killing it in their space, send us an email to podcast at trilogy.life. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.